So here we are. I'm gonna, we're gonna keep the kids in here, which by the way, we're uh, the children. I know all the, all of us are children of God. There's nowhere I've studied, I've read the Bible many times over. Nowhere do I see or read the adults of God. It's all the children of God. And I'm gonna move quick through some things that I believe God has for us as we look at the next 50 years. Because that's what today is. Today's the first day of our next 50 years. Actually, it's the first day of your next life, uh, of, of the rest of your life. And if we look at how scripture tells us this, this is the key verse, Proverbs 29, 18, and the message says this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they do what? They stumble all over themselves. Anybody here ever been a stumbler? <laughs> like you stumbling around, you trying to figure things out. And I'm not because, I'm not talking about because of something you may have partaken of. I'm talking about in general, walking through life, stumbling through your next step, trying to get to what God wants you to do, trying to figure out what his plan and his purpose is for your life. And it says when we can't see that, we stumble all over ourselves. But it says, but, everybody say but. I know the kids are going, whoo, I get to say it in church, but, you know, if you're like my grandkids, they say that, they go, but, I'm like, shh, would y'all stop it? They get to have a blast doing it. But it says, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And so our passion here at Christian Renewal Church, having been here 37 years, I got saved in this church, February the 9th, 1986, sitting right there at that altar. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit two weeks later from the happy hunters being here. And there's three, yeah, y'all know Charles and Francis, incredible. And so I want to go over real quickly three things that this church and every church that believes in Christ is founded on. And I want us to re-up. So I, I titled this, few, uh, this message, Back to the Future. We've got to go back to the future. And the reason that is, is because when we're moving forward, we always have to go back to see what's taken place. And if we're not careful, everybody knows that if you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat it. And so as we move forward into all that God has for us, we're going to go back real quickly. And there's three, these three pillars of every church it should be is we are a church. We are a church built on the word of God. We're a church built on God's word. And you go, Mark, how do you say that? Genesis 1. The very, let's go back to the very beginning. To the very beginning. The first verse. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. I want to stop right there because many times we just want to read through stuff. In the beginning, God created, God created the heavens and earth. In the beginning, God, if you stop right there and stay right there, he's right there in the beginning. We can't rush past that because he's the creator of all things. Without him, nothing came into being, including you and I. So in the beginning, there's God and he's perfectly, absolutely 100 content, 100% content. In other words, he wasn't lonely. So he had to make, he had a man sized hole in his heart. <laughs> So he had to create a human to fill this all. No, he was perfectly content in who he is, what he's done, where he is. But he said, I want to create. 
It's in his nature is to create. If you'll take a moment and look around the room for just a moment, look at his creation, each one unique, special, different. Even if we had twins in the room, if you could take them up here, look, I've had the privilege and the blessing. And sometimes the, the challenge of having twins in youth group and having twins in the academy and they would try to pull stuff on me. And after a little while, I'm like, ah, I know who you are. <laughs> I know exactly who you are. And so any twins, you go, wow. Even if you're a twin, unique and special, completely different, created in God's image. And when we look at, here it is in the beginning when he keeps on going, he said, now the earth was out form, formless and dark. Uh, empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, so in the beginning there's God and in his heart is to create and it says, and God said, that is powerful because we can't ever, we can't ever get past what God says. This is his word. And God said 10 times in Genesis, Ten times in Genesis chapter one alone, God said, God said, God said. Many people say God created something out of nothing. God created everything that's ever been created out of his word. He spoke, therefore it came into being. He didn't just think. It wasn't some mental thing. It was he spoke from his very mouth. God said, let there be light and boom. There was light. And when we look at that in verse 6 and verse 9 and verse 11, verse 14, verse 20, verse 24, verse 26. And this is verse 26 is where you and I come into the picture, come into his story, history, where it says, and God said, for the first time we say plural, let us, not let me, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And each one of you, in this auditorium and those watching online, you and I, we have been created in the image and in the likeness of our creator, our heavenly father, God almighty himself. And let me say to you, God doesn't make any junk. It may sound cliche, but it is true. I know that we've done things and things have been done to us that make us think less than, which is what the second story. So God spoke. What's the very first thing in Genesis chapter three that the enemy of our soul came and wanted to attack? The word of God. The very first thing in Genesis chapter three, one, the very, the very first in Genesis three, one, it says, now the serpent who was what more crafty than any of the wild animals, uh, any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? Did God say that? And in our lives and in our church, the enemy wants to stir up this feeling of, well, God, I'm not sure he, I'm not sure he's for me. I'm not sure he's going to work this out. I'm not sure. And he gets us to challenge the very life, the very source of our strength, which is what God says. I love what Isaiah, I love what Isaiah 55 says. God speaking to the children of Israel and he says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the things which I sent it to do. In your life and my life, the word of God is not going to leave us. 
He's going to stand strong. Matter of fact, I love what John 1, 1, it, it not only talks about God's word, it turns it into a person. It, it, in John 1, 1, it says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He actually was God. It wasn't, it's not just, a, it's not just some pages. It's not just something. It actually become, whoo, he becomes human. John 1, 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He popped up. Hey, hey y'all, this is what perfect theology looks like in the person of Jesus. If you want to know what God's like, read through the New Testament, read through the gospel, see how Jesus acts and operates and he'll do the same today. This is how we get to experience this word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. I love what Jesus in Matthew 24, he says, heaven and earth will pass away. My word's never going anywhere. And so in our culture, in our history, there are people that continually try to take this word and they want it to, they want to transform it into what they would like it to be instead of allowing it to transform us into what God's called us to be. And we can never do that. So we're a church that we're formed, we're fashioned, and we're a church that is built and will continue. The word of God is paramount. That's what Hebrews 4.12 says. This is the one that always gets in your business. I mean, you know, I personally believe a lot of times people don't read this <laughs> because it gets in your business. And you're like, ooh, I don't want to, ooh. It says that? I mean, I got to act that way? I want to I wanna get mad and I want to hate somebody. Anybody ever had that in them? You're like, I just, they make me mad. I just don't like them. And in the Bible, you read where Jesus says, forgive those. Who spitefully use you. Not even the ones that actually, the ones that actually, they just mad at And it says, forgive them. I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to forgive them. Matter of fact, it says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates. It gets in your business. Even dividing soul and spirit. And really, that's your, that, that's the core of your being, your spirit. And the soul is your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So it supersedes those. And when it gets between there, it goes on to say, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes. Everybody say attitude. Anybody in here get some attitudes at times? <laughs> Any siblings get some attitudes at times? All the kids that are in there, like I get my, my sister or my brother's like, Oh, we can get some attitudes. I was like, whoa, that's me. We can catch those. And this gets in there and it messes with your business. It gets into that, that attitude, how we operate, what we think. And, and, it, and it causes us to think, man, I want to be like Jesus. And the only way we can do that as an individual, as a family, and as a church is allowing the, the, the word of God to be paramount. Second thing, real quickly, the number, number two is, first is the word of God, it's paramount. Second is, we are a church built to worship God. Mm. We talking this morning, worship was good. But how many of you know it's not just simply singing? Worship has so much more. Now, I'm thankful for singing, don't get me wrong. There's a story in the Old Testament about this king that's named Jehoshaphat. Y'all go ahead and figure that one. I mean, coming up with a name for that one. Looking at their son saying, I think, I think I'm going to call you Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the king, I figured he's a little chunky little baby. That's all I figured. But anyhow, some of y'all were thinking, I went ahead and said it. 
It's like we call him Jehoshaphat. He, he's, here's this king. And he's got this, this army that's coming up against him. It's found in 2 Chronicles. We're not going to turn there. I'm just going to read a couple verses. But he's got this army that's coming up against him. And it's battle. It's like, oh goodness, things are coming at him. And it's not, this isn't just feelings or opinions. This is real live uh, uh, army. Moabites and the, uh, the, the mosquito bites and you know, the terabytes and the, all the rest of them. They're coming at him. And he's for real. And he's like... What do we do? He begins to pray. And the word of the Lord came to him through Jehazel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah and Zeal. And he tells him, he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid. If there's one thing that's happened in our society this day is fear reeks and has risen up to the point to where somehow God is not able. And if we're not careful, what happens is we look at culture, we look at the circumstance, we look at the situation and fear comes all over us. It's somehow God is not going to come through for us. And when he says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours. Can I challenge you again just for a moment? We're built on the word. And this is the word of the Lord. The written and the prophetic word. This is the prophetic word to the children of Israel. The battle, everybody say this with me. The battle is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. Whatever battle you're going through, whether it's loneliness, whether it's a battle of a personal uh, issue that's going on, it's whether it's a hurt or a habit or a hang up, whatever you're battling, whatever you're going through, do not take it on as it's mine. I got it, I got it, I got it. I got it, 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 I got it. Get the eye out of it. <laughs> the battle belongs to God. Surrender and submit to him. Say, Lord, this, I don't know how you're going to work this out. I'm not even sure how at all, but Lord, it's yours. I give it to you. This is too much for me. I can't do it. Matter of fact, as they did that, they began to pray. And of course, King Jehoshaphat brings them about. And this was his plan to do battle. Verse 20, we're going to skip down. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. Uh, Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me. Judah and the people of Jerusalem and uh, to Christian Renewal Church and the people that are watching online, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. And it says, after counseling the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out ahead of the army saying... This is what they went out saying. Their battle's sitting right there. There's real live armies, real live uh, soldiers that are trying to kill them. Spears and swords. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. When you're going through something, let's be honest. Have you ever been the person, God doesn't love me. He's forgotten me. There's no hope. There's no help. And it's, and, and it's usually based on, on facts. 
Because the fact is we've done things to ourselves and to others that we know why we don't deserve for God to do something for us. But how many know God's word and worship transcends that and it goes far beyond that because remember the battle's not mine. The battle belongs to the Lord and we're sitting there and he says, hey, that give thanks to the Lord because why? His love endures forever. So when you're beating yourself up and you're calling yourself names and you can't get it right and you're just still, man, you're still mixing it up and hey, no, no, no. His love endures forever. He's not going to change. He's not going to change. He is committed to you. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, he loves you. Like I said, when he said, I'm desperate for you, he is so desperate, he would give his only son. There was nothing he would not hold back from you and hold back from me to say, I want you to have it all. I'll give you my best. I'm not going to give you a portion. I'll give it all so that we can have it all. And that's what it says, verse 22, as they began to sing, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of the Ammonites and the Moabites and all the, you know, they got it, invading Judah and they were defeated. Worship is key. That's part of singing, but also there's a part of worship where it's my commitment to Christ. I love what, um, what John 4, 23, talking to the woman at the well, Jesus is getting her out of herself. A woman that had married, been married five times, living with the guy, Jesus calls her out on it and she's talking about worship and Jesus is telling her, Hey, look, yeah, lets her know that, Hey, I'm not calling you out for your sake. I'm calling you out of what's, what you've been in and what's been in you. And he looks and he says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. This is, I'm gonna, whatever your truth, whatever your word says, Lord, I am standing. I am gonna, worship means literally the bowing of the knee. And I just wanna tell everybody in this auditorium and those online, you're gonna bow to something. It's our nature. You're going to bow to fear. You're going to bow to, 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 to circumstances. You're going to bow to people. They're, they're like you get threatened, you get, you get overwhelmed. There's a bowing that takes place. Worship says, I'm not bowing to anything or anybody else. Lord, I'm bowing to you. You're my hope. You're my help. You're my strength. You're my refuge. You're my redeemer. You're my renewer. We bow our knee to no other but him. And I love what Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the message says. Here you want to know what worship looks like. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So when we talk about worship, the best thing that I can do, the best thing that you can do, the best thing we can do as a church is to say, Lord, we lay our lives before you because you care for us. We cast our cares on him because he cares for you more than what your mind can grasp. His word says it. It's a step. The one thing I love about the word, I have it in my notes, I skipped past. Calder Kenny, who is in heaven with Jesus right now, 
He had all these call to rights is what they would call and he'd have different sayings. But he, he said this, he said, the word says it, I believe it, that settles it. <laughs> That's what we do. The, the word says it, I believe it, and that settles it for me. And so when we look at this, this word, we're a church built on the word of God. We're a church built to worship God. And we're a church that's built for witnessing for God. To witness for God. And when we talk about witnessing, let me help you. Before I can witness to somebody, I got to receive or I got to see something myself. I got to experience something. So right now, if something happened out here on 341 and we heard something happen, we couldn't say, oh yeah, I saw what happened. I saw it. No, we could say, I heard something. A witness is somebody that has experienced or watched. And then what they do is they then share what they saw or what they've experienced. And I want to tell you, when we talk about witnessing, all I want you to do is witness what God has done for you through his son Jesus, how he's forgiven you of your sins, how he's removed your past from you. Let's be honest, most people in church battle getting past their past. And unfortunately, it's the people in the church that hurt them from getting past their past. Because they always want to talk about it and say, no, we use our past to help people propel them forward to say, if God did it for me, he'll do it for you. And so we witness to the goodness of God. We witness to his faithfulness. That's what Jesus, that's what he said in, uh, in Romans chapter 8. He said, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So this is what it is. It's not just me saying, well, I believe. It's the Holy Spirit himself. He seals and he actually comes and confirms the trust we have in him. And it's not a hope so salvation. It's a no so salvation. It's one where we say, God, this is what you did for me. You removed this out of me. And so now I can witness that anybody I come in contact with of God's faithfulness to forgive, his faithfulness to heal, his faithfulness to redeem, his faithfulness. That's what he's called us to do. Matter of fact, Acts 1, 7, that's what Jesus said. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. At that time, they were really worried about all that was going to happen and all that was going on in Israel and when the Romans were going to get theirs and all that. But Jesus said, hey, don't worry about that. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to do what? You're going to witness to my power. You're going to witness to my grace. You're going to witness what it's like to live a life connected with the Father, not trying to simply get to him, but a, a thing of allowing him to get to you and to forgive you. It's a relationship that's built all on what God's done. You know, when we think about this thing of of, of of the word and worship and witnessing, I can't help but think that as we rever, uh, revere Christ in our hearts, this is what First Peter three fifteen and 16 says, but in your hearts, rever Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do, not, but do this with gentleness and respect. That we honor people. And so when we think about our church moving forward. And we think about that this day is the start of the next 50. I want every one of us on board to be people of the word. People of worship. 
and people of witnessing that say, I want to tell you how good God is. A lot of people want to witness and tell people how bad they are. Anybody ever, they get that and say, yeah, you rotten, no good, sorry sinner. And I'll be like, yeah, I know that. Help me. (laughs) I can agree. Yep, you're right. So what do I do about that? This is where we're called to help people out of those areas to say, hey, God is for you. He's not against you. He sent his only son. He's empowered us with his Holy Spirit so that we can be transformed. Now, as I look at it, as we were thinking about 50 days moving forward, I'm going to ask the children. I know they've been chilling out there and all the, the parents have been out there with them and they've been kind of like hey y'all been incredible those in the service I just want to say first of all good job I'm going to ask all the children the younger children like youth and up this way I want y'all to come stand up here with me and uh, I've asked Pastor Mark Anthony come with me at this time too because we do have some things yeah so if you are um, you know kindergarten to fifth grade you go to kids church would would you mind coming up to the stage with us I want to invite you guys to come on up with us and can we give it up for our little ones who would like to no pressure to come up here but any of you who would like to come up here just come join me and and Pastor Mark up stage you can come up these stairs right here Mary Francis right there Awesome. Will you guys come join me? That's so great. The other ones coming in. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got 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 a a bunch that moms and them are like, hey. Y'all come just right up here with me. Y'all come stand up in the front. Y'all come right here. Y'all come come on in here. This is awesome. This is great. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I and you know I've got my son Theo with me, and just want to give y'all just a little bit of a snapshot. And thank y'all so much for coming up here. so I've had a I've had the joy. Me and Anna have been hanging out the last few weeks in kids' church um, while we're kind of in uh, interim situation with our with kids minister, and um, I've just enjoyed getting to hang out uh, with our little ones. And as we thought about uh, celebrating 50 years, I wanted you guys just to visualize uh, for a moment um, and just something personally for me that I'm deeply grateful for um, is that I was this age at one point and um, am so grateful. So grateful for all the people, so grateful for people like Mickey Joyner who taught me in Sunday school and Richard McMinn who taught my Sunday school class for a while. And, um, and I'm just so, I'm so grateful that when I was y'all's age, um, people were desiring to invest. And, uh, and here I am, uh, serving not just the church, but this church, uh, because of the seeds that were sown into my life. And so we're at 50 years now, and uh, we're getting to reap a lot of the fruit uh, that was sown beginning all the way September 9th, 1973. And so since that time, there's been people who have been called by God uh, to this church to invest here, uh, to give of their time and their talent and their resources to be here, so that 50 years later, here we are still moving forward. And in 50 more years, if humans are still here, I'm believing that there's going to be a church here called Christianal Church that potentially some of these young ones right here, they'll be, uh uh-oh, we said a little spit up, (laughs) (laughs) that hopefully in 50 years, they'll be the ones, they'll be carrying. And that starts now, and that starts so... I wanted us to get a 50-year vision in mind of a 100-year church anniversary where they're the ones serving the food and they're the ones planning the event and they're the ones sending out the invitations 
and they're the ones reminiscing about. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How there were some men and women of God who decided um, that <laughs> that beyond just right now was important. That 50 years from now was deeply important. Deeply important. Because we serve the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so God has already made up his mind. He's going to continue to be faithful into the future. Let's live today like we believe that and like we know that. And invest in the next generation. Our church cares deeply. And I just want to see us move forward into greater investment in the next generation. Our academy here is growing. Kids are coming. We're next month baptizing a middle schooler and a high schooler from the academy. Um, all through the work of our chapel services here. And it's just incredible. And I just I celebrate that. And I can't wait to share with you guys the photos and the videos that come from that. So I wanted us to get a vision of that. I want us to grab a hold of that. So thank you all so much for coming and standing up here with me. Let's pray right now for them and for the next generation. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the just gifts and the talents and the resources, Lord, that are going to come forward in in the coming generations, God. And those living and those, Lord, that have not been born yet, Father God, people who will come into a saving knowledge of your of your son, Jesus Christ, and the gospel and the good news. And so, Father God, I just thank you right now for each of these young ones right here, Lord, their friends, Lord, all in this community, Father God, the many children in our community, the teenagers, Father God, those, Lord, who you desire to bring in into a a revelation of your goodness and your knowledge, Lord. God, I pray that you would raise up families, Father God. I pray that you would raise up men and women who have a vision for the next generations, Jesus, and that we would continue to invest and build in this church, Father God, so that generations to come would experience your goodness in a powerful way. And it's in your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. amen.